Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. footage. Uh, there's a there's a video here. Um, 
of uh, questioning uh, the Thank you very much, Mr. Federal Reserve. Uh, and I'd like you to listen to this. Coleman, you're the Inspector General for the Federal Reserve, right? Okay. That's correct. Have you done any investigations concerning the Federal Reserve's role in deciding not to save Lehman Brothers, which led to shockwaves and went through the entire financial system? Um, in that particular area, you know, I don't generally comment on specific investigations, but we do not currently have an investigation in that particular area. All right. What about the $1 trillion plus an expansion of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet since last September? Have you conducted any investigations regarding that? We, right now we have a, um, it's called, we call it a review, and uh, if you, the term investigation may have different uh, connotations. So we're actually conducting a fairly high-level review of the various lending facilities collectively, which would include, um, you know, the TALF, um, a variety of the different programs that this is interesting. This woman, this woman, there's been over almost 2 million views on this since uh, it was put up back in um, 2012 uh, in May, which would be, what, uh, four years ago today, uh, this month? And, uh, you know, this is nothing but obfuscation and everything else, and they still never get down to the answer of where the hell the money went to. All right? Uh, this is their talking to the chief auditor or whatever of the Federal Reserve. Now, um, what was interesting was, okay, uh, where is it, where did I just see this, um, there was a follow-up one that I wanted to do, um, uh, no, that's okay, um, but, but the, the amazing thing about it is, uh, is, is how, huh, where the hell did the money go, you know, where's the money? And I think that's that's what we gotta we gotta ask. Um, who was it? I think uh, I think Bernie Sanders is. Got, yeah, here it is. Where is the money? <laughs> Sanders asked Bernanke. This was back in 2009. All right. Welcome, when all this trillions uh, of dollars. We have spent gone. a lot of time in Congress talking about the 700 billion dollar TARP bailout, which I voted against. As it happens, not a whole lot has been talked about uh, with regard to the $2.2 trillion that the Fed has lent out. Now, I find that absolutely extraordinary uh, that I wrote you a letter and I said, hey, who'd you lend the money to? What were the terms of those loans? How can my constituents in Vermont get some of that money? Who makes the decisions? Do you guys sit around in a room? Do you make it? Are there conflicts of interest? So my question to you is, will you tell the American people to whom you lent $2.2 trillion of their dollars, will you tell us who got that money and what the terms are of those agreements? We, would, we explain each of our programs. In terms of the terms, we explain the terms exactly. We explain what the collateral requirements are. We explain what to the whom did you explain are. that? It's, it's on our website. Yeah. Okay. So all that information is available uh, in our commercial paper program. And who got the money? Hundreds and hundreds of banks, any bank or that has uh, access to the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve system. Tell us who they are. No, because the reason that is counterproductive and will destroy the value of the program is that banks will not come to the. Oh, isn't that too bad? Sorry. In other words, isn't that too bad? They took the money, but they don't want to be public about the fact that they received it. We heard a whole lot about AIG. They're on the front pages. These are very. Now, I got banks, and I have businesses in the state of Vermont who are in a lot of trouble. Not banks. Our banks, by the way, are doing pretty well. Now, how do these guys who are honest business people get it? Do you have to be a large, greedy, reckless financial institution to apply for these monies? There is no subsidy. There is no capital involved. There is no gifts involved. It is a collateralized, short-term liquid loan that is both over-collateralized and is recourse to the company itself. We have never lost a penny doing it. And how can other institutions make, get, get uh, those loans as well? According to the law, we are supposed to be lending to depository institutions. We well, let me just say this, Mr. Chairman. I have a hard time understanding how you have put $2.2 trillion at risk uh, without uh, making those names available, those institutions public. And we're going to introduce legislation today, by the way, to demand that you do that. It is unacceptable to me that that goes on. 
Uh, that was Mr. Sanders, Bernie. And uh, that guy was right on, you know. He was right on in so many things. Uh, not everything, but he tries. Um, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is nobody knows where the hell this money went to. And they lost nine. The Senate has been trying to find out. Bernie is trying to find out. Yet, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm still working here. Hang on a second, folks. Um, I wrote about this on my on my website uh, yesterday, I believe it was, uh, the day before when it happened, and, and I, I was really quite upset by, uh, well, upset in, in a sense, I, I am upset, but, you know, in the sense that I was really surprised that, um, God, why do I have this horrible...
Federal rules of civil procedure require attorneys to neither mislead the courts or allow the courts to be misled. And Hannon found that the justice the lawyers had done just that in this in his court. How so? The states were considering uh, filing for an immediate injunction to stop justice from implementing the uh, from implementing the Obama order. And the lawyers uh, assured Hannon in court that nothing would go ahead before February 15, 2015. So there was no need. Then the department went ahead and legalized it. Yeah, and they legalized it. And uh, yeah. So anyway. Um, They found that all the justice lawyers had done just that. They misled the courts. And so the states were considering filing for an immediate injunction to stop justice from implementing the Obama order. And the lawyers assured Hannon in court that nothing would go ahead before uh, before February 2015. And so there was no need. Then the department went ahead and legalized 100,000 illegals without ever telling the judge. Hence, his fury once he learned the truth. And Hayden not only barred the offending attorneys from ever appearing in his court again, he ordered ethics training for all lawyers from Maine Justice, the D.C. Central Office, who might appear in courts in any of the 26 states. (coughs) He has also ordered Attorney General Loretta Lynch to present within 60 days her plan to making uh, sure justice lawyers never play such games again. We don't blame Lynch. This all went this all went on under her predecessor, Eric Holder, but we hope she embraces Hannon's order uh, rather than a trying to appeal. And uh, all lawyers have an obligation to act honestly in all of their dealings with the court, as Hannon put it. And attorneys of the Justice Department have a clear duty to be candid with the courts. Lynch might want to see if she can get her guilty subordinates disbarred. Whoa. That's pretty serious business, folks. Yeah. They're lying to the judge. You don't care if you're Obama himself. You can't lie to a judge. Uh, I thought this was really, really interesting. I don't know if, you know, if, um, how accurate it is, but I guess it is. This from the uh, this happened at the beginning of last uh, the end of last month. Um, this article is dated April 28th, but it says Justice Department files massive action against Hillary. Yeah. It says a bombshell new filing by the Justice Department includes a key phrase that may uh, that many are saying hints at a criminal prosecution being planned for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And folks, I don't know about you, but yeah, you gotta. I don't think I'd be voting for her. Last week, Vice News reporter um, Jason Leopold, this is from, um, what is this? WDO. I don't know exactly where that is, but WDO. Um. Oh, World Daily. Yeah, yeah, okay, World Daily Online. Um, Consultation of an FBI declaration that gave details about sensitive information got on Hillary's server. According to Political Insider, the Justice Department uh, issued, submitted the declaration as a secret filing. The backfire, this backfired when a U.S. District Court judge demanded, <coughs> excuse me, publicly submitted a redacted copy of the document or show just cause why that is impossible. <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. So anyway, looks like she's going to be that. She has been, it has, it, it's coming to an indictment, folks. It really, really is. They haven't quite said the word yet, but it really, really is. Now, for all of you people who are 
hoping to legalize marijuana one day, uh, possibly by November, and by number, I think, uh, six or seven states are planning to legalize, uh, trying to legalize marijuana. Uh, but it says the, uh, this is from the Intercept, official sources say, police and prison guard groups fight marijuana legalization in California. Yeah, California is one of the states right now in the 2016 election that's uh, planning to a referendum to legalize uh, pot, just like they did in Oregon and um, I don't know, was it Washington State? Uh, I think it was Oregon and and uh, um, um, Colorado. You know? <coughs> Massachusetts is supposed to have one as well, a referendum for that, <coughs> and uh, looks like it's going to go through. But anyway. Um, let me just uh, briefly say this, and I want to read an uh, introduction to our guest and get a hold of him on the line. Um, roughly half of the money raised to oppose a ballot measure to legalize recreational marijuana in California is coming from police and prison guard groups, terrified that they might lose the revenue streams to which they have become so deeply addicted. Drug war money has become a notable source of funding for law enforcement interests. Huge government grants and asset seizure windfalls benefit uh, police departments, while the constant supply of prisoners keeps the prison business booming. In opposition to the marijuana legalization initiative slated to go before voters in November has been organized by John Lovell, a longtime Sacramento lobbyist for uh, police chiefs and prison guard supervisors. Lovell's coalition for Responsible Drug Policies, a committee created to defeat the pot initiative, raised $60,000 during the first three months of the year, according to the disclosure filed earlier this month. The funds came from a group representing law enforcement, including the California Police Chiefs Association, Riverside Chief Sheriff's Association, Los Angeles Police Protective League's Issues, Issues Pack, and the uh, California Correctional Supervisors Organization. Other donors included the California Teamsters Union, Teamsters Union, I'm surprised at that, and the California Hospital Association, as well as SAM Action, an anti-marijuana advocacy group co-founded by former Representative uh, Patrick Kennedy, just Democrat from Rhode Island, and a former G.W. Bush speechwriter, David Frum. This article goes on, but, you know, it's a lot of bullshit. You know, basically, that you know, you, um, just more bullshit from bullshit that uh, you know the liquor companies. As far as the liquor companies aren't, they're also huge donators to to the anti-marijuana legalization fund uh, movement. And um, uh, that's that's all I can tell you. If you want to finish that article, you can go to theintercept.com. Um, Uh, eight charged with illegally selling pot by delivery in Seattle. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Americans turned to dangerous synthetic marijuana to evade drug tests. Oh, my God. Six. Just legalize the damn stuff. Legalize it. And uh, on that note, I'm going to end with uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ron, uh, what's his name? Ron, what was his name? The, the anchorman there played by. Uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, I forgot his name. Anyway, <clears throat> there's a picture of him there, and it says, Being an activist is like trying to tell seven-year-old boys that pro wrestling is fake. That, that's true. You know, it's like you just no one's going to believe you. If they do, it's like, uh, you know. Antibiotic use in food fuels humans' resistance to vital drugs. Yeah. Um, the more antibiotics in, in uh, meat products and so on, the less, the more resistant we become uh, to vital drugs. Pharmaceutical giant caught supplying cartels with tons of bulk ingredients to produce meth. In fact, to produce, produce meth. Yeah, can you imagine this, folks? It totally blew my mind. 
Uh, this is from freethoughtproject.com. Pharmaceutical giants are caught supplying cartels with tons of bulk ingredients to produce meth. Ah, it's, uh, prosecutors in Belgium have recently announced that executives with pharmaceutical companies based in the country will be charged with knowingly providing drug cartels with prescription drugs um, that were used to manufacture methamphetamine. The companies, I mean, the, the greed of these companies, man, the greed of them is so amazing, uh, you know, that they got to sell everything illegally, you know. Or it's just freaking unbelievable. I, I, Bernie's the only one who's talking about uh, chopping these guys down to size, and uh, I support him for that. I really do. But before we um, move on, I want to go on to, um, I want to go to um, uh, my, my, I guess, uh, resume and uh, talk a little bit about him and about his um, um, website. Uh, his website is uh, Smart Alec, okay, smartalec.com. And um, you can see them on the page, I'm sorry, you can see them on uh, Facebook. And, um, Hang on, folks. i got to get back up here to, to the introduction. Where I call them. Be right with you there, folks. There are a few disadvantages working with it, working with... Uh, with, uh, depending on the internet, you know, it really is, okay, alright, before I bring the, get my guest on tonight, <clears throat> um, Matthew Cardinal, I want to, uh, I want to just read this, um, a little introduction to, to him and his movement. It says, uh, The Rebirth of a Nation's Democracy. After years of exposing the controversial American Legislative Exchange Council, which is ALEC, the nation's largest secretive corporate spin machine and right-wing policy incubator, uh, Matthew Charles Cardinal, all right, uh, the editor of Atlantic Atlanta's Progressive News, became so fed up he decided to form a progressive, grassroots, transparent alternative, Smart Alec. And uh, since Smart Alec, um, since 1973, Alec's elite task force of right-wing lawmakers and corporate lobbyists have ex- existed to uh, carefully craft model bills to expose a one-size-fits-all agenda on the states. Their long-term goals are downsizing government and removing regulations of corporations. So we all know what what they're doing. They're trying to they're trying to strip the country and, and favor only only Republican wealthy um, you know uh, interests. And the smart aleck is doing just the opposite. They want to. They're not only fighting that, but they're also um, trying to um, uh, present le- legislation. Uh, on affordable housing in different areas throughout the throughout the world, throughout the world, throughout the country, rather, um, and it has extended its tentacles to um, to their to the house uh, to uh, and everything from education to housing to health policies. Right now, Alec, the right wing group, but Smart Alec is is trying to offset that, um, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes as I get to. Um, uh, with our with the uh, founder and president uh, Matthew Cardinal, um, and uh, Smart Alex policy focus is on affordable housing and environmental policy, and particularly on empowering low income, homeless, and marginalized people to make a meaningful difference in shaping and advocating for policy solutions. Affordable housing impact statements were adopted by the City of Atlanta. In, in November 2015, and are currently under consideration in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, New Orleans, Louisiana, Albany, New York, and Albany, New York. And these are, this is what's happening now with Smart Alex, and we'll talk more about that um, 
shortly. But let's um, let's go to our guests and. Uh, oops, let's see. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm going to call him. And. Uh, Excuse me, I, I'm very bad at multitasking, talking while I'm trying to f- concentrate on something here. But um, let's uh, let's dial him up here and see what uh, see what's going on. Hmm. It's a silent dial, I guess. It's a Connection. I'm sorry, folks, but uh, Matthew Cardinal, uh, president of Smart Alex. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Matthew. This is uh, Leo. How are you? The LA Still Show. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. 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 Yeah. Um, well, welcome to the show. And um, I. Uh, inter- maybe you could introduce. I, I did already. I've, I've spoken about you and uh, read read about your smart Alec. But why don't you um, why don't you kind of give me a few minutes here of introduction to your your organization and uh, where you where you're headed, you know, with it and um, how people can help you, you know, uh, in, in this. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the program and uh, oh, actually. Um, Yes. So, uh, so actually, Smart Alec is a new nonprofit organization that I co-founded that is offering a progressive uh, public policy agenda. And um, you know, as as some of our more savvy listeners will probably pick up on, it is a response to. ALEC, which is the American Legislative Exchange Council, and I know that you've kind of <laughs> talked about them uh, before, and the uh, they are really a corporate-funded, Koch Brothers-funded, right-wing um, lobbying organization that uh, that pushes a, a corporate public policy agenda and also just kind of a right-wing uh, social issue, but also um, um, undermining democracy, uh, things like that. Um, and so things like even um, um, voter ID, uh, and you know, well, so what was the push to you know have voter ID laws in all these states? And all of a sudden there was this phantom of voter fraud, and things like um, you know, all of a sudden all these states want to limit food stamps and drug tests for food stamps. All these things come; they're written by Alec, and then they're replicated um, to the states and state legislatures. And basically. Um, you know, uh, that's okay. That's part of the democratic process. There's some other issues with how they operate. Uh, but we decided that we would offer a progressive public policy alternative that will actually focus on affordable housing and the environment. And we'll also kind of offer a different way of doing public policy that will be transparent and that will also be um, participatory. And we want to include low-income people. We want to include um, people of color, and we already have um, have done, done that on, on our board, and that's in our bylaws. Transparency is in our bylaws. Our minutes are going to be on the internet. Uh, we're not going to be do, be doing backroom lobbying. We're going to be doing transparent lobbying, um, which you know, which is just a, it's 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 a little, little bit of a different way of doing things. Uh, but basically, um, it 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 grew out of. Um, some work that I've been doing um, for quite some time. Um, so my name is Matthew Charles Cardinale, as you know. I, I run the Atlanta Progressive News, which is how I first became familiar with ALEC and affordable housing issues in Atlanta. Um, that's an online news service, atlantaprogressivenews.com. Um, and I actually drafted a model ordinance uh, called Affordable Housing Impact Statements that um, is a way for cities and counties to keep track of the impact of uh, public policy decisions on the housing stock in that jurisdiction. And uh, it was actually passed in the city of Atlanta, and um, it is now pending in several cities. 
uh, is pending in uh, Pittsburgh and Albany and uh, New Orleans. And so it just kind of took off. And uh, so um, I kind of said to myself, well, this is kind of like the work of Alec. This is like a progressive Alec. And wouldn't it be funny if we called it Smart Alec? And so, um, you know, that was kind of like, oh, yeah, that, okay, wouldn't that be funny? And then I thought about it some more. I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. Well, what would, what would Smart Alec stand for? And until I finally came up with that, you know, and that was state and municipal action for results today. And then the, the second part is actually agenda for legislative empowerment and collaboration. So, um, therefore, uh, you know, it seems pretty cool. I'll actually tell you a little story, too, that, that kind of made it seem like, oh, wow, this was meant to be. Um, I wanted uh, smartalex.org to be our URL. And it was already taken by someone who um, lived in Portland. I live in Portland. And, um, but he wasn't doing anything with it. So I called the guy up, and his name is Christian Seppa, and he actually had the same exact idea and had reserved the URL for that purpose and then had never gotten around to it. So I said, well, why don't you just join us? So he's on our board now, and, uh, and it's actually www.smartalec.org. And, uh, and we are in operation. Well, that's no, that's that's great. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, what is your, what is your background? Uh, Let me explain people to you what, what. I know you have a lot. Do you, do you have a? Are you a, a certified lawyer, or are you uh, were you a, a legal intern, or what? What was your? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. So that's that's actually an interesting question. So basically, um, I. Uh, I am a third-year law student at Gonzaga University, and so the, that model ordinance was actually written kind of like as part of a... What, um, can, can you hold on just one second? Just one oh, second. Sure. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, we're talking with, uh, with uh, Matthew Cardinal. He's the founder of SmartAlec.org, which is a... Um, a I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. And um, yeah, we were we were t um, we were discussing the your origins there, but I I was thinking of uh, I was wondering uh, your 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 background. How did you develop enough information? You know, because it's very difficult to to create um, bills. You know, especially right. on such uh, such a, a specific um, uh, uh, subject or topic as for as affordable housing and things like this. Uh, what are, what's uh, you and your group? What, how many years, or what background have you all had? And um, you know, it appears that you've been. And when you founded this uh, a, a while back, and you're already into a number. Of, you've had uh, success in a number of cities, I guess, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, I, yeah. So actually, the the model ordinance came before the organization. The organization was founded to kind of support the the work of getting the ordinance uh, enacted. But yes, I mean, it's it's actually, I mean, it's been several years in the making. When I lived in Atlanta, which is before I went off to law school, I actually um, was. Um, uh, you know, I used to be very involved in affordable housing advocacy and going down to the city council meetings, the community development meetings, yeah. and we noticed some ongoing issues. One of the ongoing issues was the use of federal dollars to um, subsidize uh, so-called affordable housing units that weren't really affordable. And, um, and so uh, people who are familiar with this know that there's different there's different ways to define affordable, and, and, and it's based on the area median income. So you can have 30% of the area median income, 50%, 80 and that all means different income levels. 30% means you're making about $15,000 a year. You know, 80% is closer to $35,000 a year. And, you know, in, in a lot of major U.S. cities where the median is around 45000 So depending on how they define affordable, is how this money is getting used and who's getting served. And in every jurisdiction, the bottom line is that you have a population and you have a housing stock. And there's a mismatch between the population and the housing stock because the population has incomes and they have what they can afford. And if there's a mismatch between what they can afford and what is available, that is the unmet need of the jurisdiction. So curious. what we can do... What, yeah, what, what made you... The only reason I ask is what, what made you uh, decide to... Um, focus on 
affordable housing as opposed to anything else you could have written a legislation for. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, this was this is this is to me essentially motivation. Were you um, that that inspired that that area of uh, of legislation? Well, I mean, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of personal, uh, you know, uh, personal uh, biographical reasons for having interest in that. Um, as well, you may I have read in the, to, not to, yes. uh, you don't have to publicly say that, but I, I I've I, I was very curious because I uh, back in uh, the '80s um, when mm -hmm. I joined the real estate, I was a real estate broker for 20 years and a finance broker, and uh, from uh, and I believe in let's say 1980 to, to let's say almost 2000, and uh, the the it was unusual because uh, my concentration was on affordable housing. I found a uh, it was on it was on investment uh, investment it was on uh, multiple you know, units uh, you know uh, and, aff and affordable housing, but um, also on uh, um, income property. You know, and uh, mm -hmm. I. I I was the chairman of the board of uh, affordable housing for the uh, uh, for the Connecticut real estate uh, um, um, board and uh, Connecticut real realtors and I and I and it was kind of an odd um, uh, during the eighties if you remember you, well you wouldn't probably wouldn't remember you weren't you, you were you're too young to, to be in business at that time but. That during the housing boom, uh, the real estate boom at that time, uh, there was no affordable housing anymore. You know what I mean? It was all gone uh, because housing became so uh, it, it, you had such an increase in in pricing, uh, especially in places like Connecticut, California, and so on. That affordable housing was just I mean, I mean Reagan during the Reagan years, uh, homelessness went up over three. Uh, went over, over three million homeless people in 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 the uh, under the Reagan administration. I mean, like never before. You know, the trickle down economy that he was supposed to have. Yeah, well, you know, it pissed on everybody except the rich guys, well, very wealthy, and that destroyed the uh, the real estate uh, industry um, and brought us into a massive recession uh, through the nineties, uh, through the early nineties and late eighties. But uh, Affordable housing has been a has been a, a, a neglected. Yes, and and, and and in addition, yes, and, and and in addition to that, we've also seen a um, an, an attack on public housing, um, and kind of a you know yeah. a, a, a you know a, a kind of a, a public relations attack on public housing as if it's you know intrinsically has to be of bad conditions and unsafe and all of that, and you right. know a, a, as opposed as opposed to that being a result of budget decisions, but, you know, uh, and, and, and when they when they go in and tear those down and they go to vouchers instead, we are losing units in our affordable housing stock. That's something else that, that you know, that uh, why we need to keep track of the impact of our public policy decisions. In oh, addition, the Republicans have, have um, go, ahead. go ahead. The other thing I found with, uh, with, with, with so much of, uh, so much of uh, uh, affordable housing, uh, is the uh, you know the, the 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 number of real truly true crooks that were in that business of uh, you know these these crooked landlords and these crooked investment houses and stuff that were just uh -huh. you know buying up property and uh, not repairing them and not you know and uh, and uh, you know uh, it just it just you know totally on speculation and uh, so many people got taken during the eighties but uh, affordable housing became a, a very very scarce commodity um, exactly and it still is it really still is and uh, yeah um, yes like yes and that's and that's that's part of it has kind of been a movement away from the mom and pop uh, you know property owner <laughs> to to this you know big big money big investment corporations that are coming in and the other thing that I was going to say is there's been an underfunding in um, federal programs like the community development block grant and home um, you know, the Republicans in Congress have been cutting that funding, and as a result, uh, there's been less money making its way down to the cities. And that's why, you know, when there's less and less money, we have to be very, very careful about how we spend it. And I'm tired of them spending it 
on these so-called affordable units that are helping people who don't who don't really need the help because they're making $35,000. And we're using taxpayer money to do it. And we're not making any headway in our greatest unmet need, which is the families making like $15,000 and less per year. So anyway, well, I, I did want to make sure that... Well, people are really, really ignored. And I mean, they're very ignored. Um, you know, and and they're uh, and the, one one of my biggest ambitions um, at one time it still is I'd love to produce a, and uh, direct uh, this a documentary. Uh, I've always had this in mind, which was a documentary on the poverty in Connecticut. You know, that's where we mm -hmm. are. And uh, I mean, the, the disparity in wealth in Connecticut is is probably as I don't even I I don't think there is uh, uh, maybe California. Uh, as that great a disparity, you have the Gulf Coast, and then you have the uh, you know, or the you have the coast, and then you have the inner cities, and and two of the inner cities and two of the cities in Connecticut are the poorest cities in the country: uh, Hartford okay. and New Haven, and Bridge, actually Bridgeport and Waterbury as well. All of our all of our major cities are are um, broke. You know, they're almost broke. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and we got a we got a billion dollar deficit this year that uh, that the governor's cut a billion dollars out of the budget and uh, it just devastated uh, all of the social services, all all of the uh, uh, housing assistance, you know, you know, uh, this, uh, the Department of Civil of um, uh, you know DSS and D DSF uh, uh, children families and all that. Uh, even the judicial mm -hmm. department, they, they've got over 300 jobs just in the state judicial department. It's unbelievable. Yes, ab you know? absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It's, just, it's just unbelievable what they're doing. So, uh, so all of, I mean, the millions and millions of people that need this need this housing. I mean, can you yeah. have you have you seen or have you have you spoken about or any like for instance that uh, you're in Oregon, correct? But have you yes. have you seen the? I guess California. Has some of the highest homeless rates in the world, in the country rather, and Hawaii has the highest rate of homeless people in the country. They have ten cities all over the place. Um, of course, have of you, course. You know how do you how do you um, I don't know how can how can cities how do cities and states just neglect this these people? How have you found that the the indifference is just they're just indifferent to it, or or is it a a uh, 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 deliberate neglect, you know, of an inner city to, you know, for <laughs> it depends. You know, it, it 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 depends on the jurisdiction, but you know, I mean, the the, the problem has just run away uh, from us, and you yeah. know, the real estate uh, market has run away from us, and you know, and we kind of turned around and said, oh dear, we have, you know, maybe in the past we had a a smaller shortage of affordable housing. Now we have a huge shortage. We have That's you right. know market rate That's housing right. that in some cases is 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 not even filled because they'd rather um let it sit empty than bring the price down. And then we have homeless people like like you said. So there's a real mismatch between our housing stock. And so the affordable housing impact statement is to really uh refocus our attention on our housing stock because uh you know homelessness is not a uh, you know caused by um um, uh, you know, addiction alone or mental you know, issues alone. Um, that's that's no, kind of a no, small portion of it. And, and homelessness is caused by having no job and no access to work and no access to money. You know, and then the cost uh, of housing. So, I mean, a lot of that reason, you know, it's it's just uh, um, I've known yes. people that were homeless that uh, you know, uh, by no means. I mean, by their 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 houses were burned. You know, their um, uh, you know. Things like that, you know, storms and whatnot, and uh, you know, I I don't know, I, uh, all kinds of yeah. reasons to be homeless, yeah. but but they're so um, um, yeah. they're out there, and there's no yeah. there, and there's some there's only there's very few shelters, and there's definitely not enough shelters to handle the the, the bludgeoning or burgeoning uh, numbers of homeless people yeah. that are that are yeah. growing around the country. I mean, yeah. You know, so if if, if any of your if any of your listeners are, are interested in, um, you know, um, becoming part of Smart Alec, following us on Facebook, you know, yeah. and the like, um, I would yeah. encourage them to go to smartalex.org. I would encourage them to go to our Facebook page, and that's actually facebook.com slash state.municipal.action. 
That's facebook.com slash state.municipal.action. And, um, you know, we are in the process of... I meant to promote that, too. It's a nice nice, uh, uh, um, Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We we love the logo. The logo's you know really really adorable. And so, um, yeah. And so, if people want to, uh, you know, as we're really we're, we 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 want a national board. We want national representation on our board. Um, right. We're doing work in Albany. If people think that affordable housing impact statements might work in their city, we'd be happy to work with you. And you know, we want really the public, to, the citizens, to have input into what our next model ordinance would would actually be. So um, yeah, but but um, but I am kind of like uh, I think I told you I was uh, had something that I was doing from four to five, and now I'm kind of still in the space, and they need me to kind of um, <laughs> uh, right. vacate. No, so I'm still actually fine. where I was from four guy. to five. <laughs> so I need to kind of move on, but um, but uh, yeah yeah, but it's just been a, a pleasure to. Um, you know, to talk with you and um, and and let's stay in touch. I want to let you know. If you'd like, uh, I mean, you can embed this program onto your website. Um, you know, no obligation. You can just go to the main page of Blog Talk Radio, uh, LA Still Show, ORG, and they, you can actually there's a, a a button there that you uh, press, and you can it says embed. You know, to embed it into your own website, so you have. Um, an interview with yourself. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that sounds wonderful. You know, Thank you, you so much. That. It was such a yeah. Please do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will definitely look at that. Okay. Thank you and, so uh, much. What I, what I believe I'll do as well is I will put a link to your site on my on my website so that people can. Uh, that my uh, many many visitors can uh, hopefully uh, see what you're doing. All right. Great. And, uh, so Great. Thank it was, you so it was much. such a pleasure. Thank All you. Right. Okay. Good night. And uh, that was uh, <clears throat> that was of course Matthew Cardinal, and um, his group is called Smart Alec, and you can see his uh, website on smartalec.org. And uh, uh, I hope you go to his site. Uh, what I what I, we've got only about ten minutes left, and I'm going to um, um, I'm going to read something here. What I'm going to do is I want to go to my own website, and uh, I'd like to uh, read a, read an article or two that I put up there. Give me one second here while my site comes up. And do, 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 do. Okay. There we go. All right, my latest uh, and greatest article is essentially on... Um, I don't know if anybody follows this, um, but uh, follows what's been happening, or even goes to the Daily Cause, which is a web page um, for a big, a well-known web page uh, gets a million uh, visits a day or something like that by uh, uh, you know by the liberal world and. Uh, but the, the little few people, I guess, know. I've, I've known this for many, many years. But uh, the, the few people, I guess, have realized that the Daily Cause, the owner, uh, the publisher of the Daily Cause, is actually a CIA asset and uh, very well known. Worked for worked in the CIA for years, and uh, and uh, believe that uh, the CIA actually and the government uh, money actually sponsored this website. Uh, the Daily Cause, which was a you know back uh, ten years ago, uh, there was a lot of anti-war radical uh, movement going on. Uh, I was part of it. A lot of people were part of it, and uh, Daily Cause became a, 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 a. I always felt was nothing more than a um, a net, you know, to that attracted um, uh, you know uh, radical thinkers or uh, not radical thinkers but uh, liberal. 
uh, anti-war thinkers and commentators and whatnot, uh, you know, to express their opinions. And, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, who knows where that information went and how many of those millions of uh, contributors over the years uh, have actually been uh, surveillanced and watched and who knows if they might have been arrested. But, uh, you know, the CIA is, uh, <laughs> has been known to do these kind of things and set up these major websites and magazines and so on. And uh, there's a article, a political magazine story that came out. Bernie Sanders uh, loses his halo. And what happened is, is that, um, I'll read a little bit about this, uh, what I wrote today, or yesterday. Uh, and I post two links. Uh, there's another one. Uh, there's a, there's a, a website called uh, about Truth About Cause, truth-about-cause, K-O-S, dot blogspot. And it's an interesting uh, thing. That really goes into depth about uh, investigation into uh, who the actual publisher of the uh, of the uh, cause, daily cause, is. Now, I'm going to read this, and I say, I am. Uh, this is my this is my own essay. I am certain not all Bernie Sanders supporters are progressive pushovers, afraid of a fight with Hillary Wonks. But the Hillary-loving publisher of the DailyCause.com thinks Bernie Sanders should make a stronger apology and statement to his supporters for their growing outrage at the Democratic, um, um, uh, at the Democrat. Uh, I'm sorry, the growing outrage at the Democratic Party uh, for election fraud and all the bought-off Hillary superdelegates. The Democrat presidential nomination will not be handed over to Hillary without a real fight, not just a shouting and throwing chair, uh, throwing a chair. The Nevada Convention will go down in history as the greatest farce in U.S. elections. The Hillary Wonks stole the delegate elections uh, by a deliberate miscount and dismissal of over 60 Bernie uh, Sanders delegates because those 60 legitimate delegates for Bernie would have meant that Bernie beat Hillary as Nevada's uh, Democratic choice for nominee. I lost all respect for Barbara Boxer, for uh, Senator Barbara Boxer, for crying at how scared she was when the sass, when she spoke to the delegates who knew she was another Hillary hag, no different than the convention chairwoman, Roberta Lang, who uh, dissed the Bernie, the, the Bernie delegates, okay, voter count. Bernie did say he wanted no violence from his supporters, but he also said he would not put up with the Democrat Party election fraud that happened in Nevada and Arizona. It has been known for many years that the Daily Cause is a CIA-backed up publication, just as the National Review magazine is a CIA publication, whose founding publisher was William F. Buckley, Jr., a well-known CIA asset. These right-wing, right- and left-wing publications were established to continue the political right and left division in the American politics and keep track of the most militant and radical members of the left and right. Americans and people throughout the world who make statements on Daily Cause or Facebook or any social media are watched and read by CIA and NSA, also FBI and local police. Social media outlets like Facebook, Google, YouTube, and many others were funded by the U.S. government and these agencies during their initial startups. Governments have never had such ease in gathering information on citizens around the world than they do today. Edward Snowden warned everyone about the reach, overwhelming reach of the intelligence agencies today and how they violate every aspect of Americans' constitutional rights to privacy and free speech. The Daily Cause is a trolling website for liberals whose well, publisher is a known CIA asset. Why would any progressive in their right mind write anything, or believe anything, in a, in uh, or believe anything in the Daily Cause? Obama and every established Democrat leader has written for the Daily Cause. Former Clinton campaign strategist Jim Carvel stated, "The reason he chose to be a strategist for the Democrats." 
is because he felt Democrats were all stupid sheep that followed their party leaders without question. He was right until Bernie Sanders got into the party and realized how rigged and corrupt it is. And they now despise the entire Democrat um, Bernie supporters got into the party, realized how rigged and corrupt it is, and they now despise party leaders without question. He, Bernie, he was right. Um, the mighty liberal daily cause is a propaganda outlet of the Democratic Party and the U.S. government scolding Bernie Sanders for not telling his supporters to eat shit from the Democrat Party and all Hillary hags and hacks and the Nevada State Convention and elsewhere. Yes. So that's exactly what's happening, folks, out there. It's, it's, no, it's no surprise. No surprise. Um... There's a video that I have here, which is interesting, but I won't have time to play it or pass time, but it's a brief article. And I, I do recommend, please, that you go to lasteelshow.org. That's my website. And browse around there, recent articles. But uh, Hillary Democrats rigged the California primary. Um, this is a video from YouTube uh, showing uh, how they sued uh, the Democratic uh, Party for uh, file, for sending out uh, fraudulent uh, uh, voter uh, registration forms in California. The Democrats and Hillary are absolutely desperate in awe and have gone all out in California to rig the primary by sending misprinted and false voter registration forms. Uh, watch this. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm not, I can't play the video over, but uh, uh, California residents have up to today, or actually yesterday was their last day to register for a vote, but they have also sued the state of California to extend the voting, uh, for extend voting uh, for the primary, um, extend voting registration until the end of this week for the voter primary, which is due in, uh, the Democratic primary due in, um, on, July, on uh, June 7th. Uh, but uh, <sighs> But that's what they're trying to do, you know. And a lawsuit has been filed against the Democratic Party in California for election fraud over this issue. It says, don't let Hillary and Democrats do this. Don't trust any Democratic hack or governors, senators, congressmen, or registrars. See the list of super Hillary delegates, uh, which I have a list of, which you can tell, which you can tell it's a Wikipedia print um, of all of the delegates, super delegates that have Clinton. Um, that have voted for Clinton or already have sealed the, have pledged to go to Clinton. And, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's what's going on. So anyway, uh, you can't let Democrats do this. Uh, see the list of superdelegates. Um, and uh, uh, Bernie Sanders is a Democratic candidate because he had no other choice. California liberals, uh, voters, can destroy the establishment Democrats by giving all of their votes to Bernie Sanders. The real revolution can be won in California if Bernie supporters vote and demand that their votes be counted. Also, every other Bernie Sanders supporter in every state with an upcoming primary should check their voter registration and verify your party's affiliation incorrect is correct to vote in the upcoming primaries and the general election. And I urge everybody in California to check their voting registration status because they've been purging the Democrats have been purging uh, register, uh, uh, the voter registrars. Um, they did. Uh, they purged over 120,000 just in Brooklyn alone, um, and uh, during the tw um, uh, New York primaries, which is, was one of the main causes for the loss of uh, Bernie Sanders. So, don't uh, you know? Don't uh, don't trust the Democrats. Don't trust your voting registrars. Check it out yourself. Make sure everything, especially out there in California, your votes are so important now for Bernie. So I want to wish everybody a happy good night, and thank you for joining me. And um, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, if you join the show, please uh, tell people about it. Thank you, and have a very nice evening.
lucky next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.